Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. We're here again, here at Stone Cloud. We're back. Loving this place. Oh. This has been the coolest thing that's ever happened to the Cowboy Chronicles right here. <laughs> we, there, this place is hopping. Man. It is, it's just, man. There's so many people here on a Tuesday night. A lot of places don't get this necessarily, right? but you yeah. got a chance to come out here. 917 South Husband. That's right. Enjoy a beer at Stone Cloud. They have great options. Great patio out back. Right. It's a bright, sunny day, as you might be able to tell a little bit on the yeah, video you, here. You can see a little bright bit Bright sun there. all over this place, but it's awesome. It really is. We're uh, really thankful to the folks here at Stone Cloud for letting us come and hang out, record our podcast here. Uh, for those of you who are listening on uh, on the regular podcast, thank you as always. And uh, we're, uh, we're glad that we can be coming to you on YouTube. Uh, with the video version here as well, so lots of fun. Um, I will say, our uh, our post game podcast we're doing. Uh, for those of you who aren't <laughs> familiar, we're doing on Twitter Spaces after the game. Record the audio and post it on the podcast channel. If you listen to our Central Michigan post game podcast, my apologies. Yeah. My uh, my technical uh, difficulties. Uh, uh, well, they were really bad. That's all I can say. <laughs> our our age might have shown a little bit on that. A little it bit. Was, yeah. It was rough, but it'll get better. Uh, we're still really looking forward to doing that. We had uh, had some folks tuning in, even though it was past midnight when we started recording. But we'll get uh, we'll get the uh, the bugs worked out on that, and glad that we can still bring it to you on the regular podcast channel as well. So, um, really uh, exciting things here at the Cowboy Chronicles yes. podcast. We also have to do another house cleaning op- mm-hmm. option. We have to promote, talk about our newsletter. Absolutely. We have a newsletter, we guys. Do. We have the Oklahoma State Cowboy Sports Minute newsletter, Oklahoman.com. Subscribe, comes your email. Lots of content from us throughout the week, yep. each game. It's totally worth subscribing to. Absolutely. Check it out. Get kept up on everything that uh, is coming to you through the Oklahoman.com. Um, or Oklahoman.com. No the. Yeah. But uh, well, let's uh, kind of, you know, there's a lot of things we're going to try to do with the, uh, with, with the podcast, things that we normally do talk about we just finished talking to uh, Oklahoma State players uh got to talk to a few guys today that were that were very insightful um we'll get into some uh, some of our weekly predictions like we did last season as well uh a few different things have some fun um want to point out we will be here every Tuesday night throughout the season between 6 30 and 7 we're, we we don't we don't have a uh, a real firm time but uh it just all depends on Mike Gundy and and his guys what time they finish practicing so we get to talk to guys after practice and uh, never know how long that's going to go. So um, you're welcome to come out here and join us. As you can see, lots of people taking in the, uh, the, the festivities here at Stone Cloud. So um, if you ever want to uh, know specifics about us, find us on Twitter. Let us know. We would love to have some fans come out and, uh, and hang out with us. Ask us some questions if you want, whatever you want to do. So um, lots, of, lots of exciting stuff. Uh, but uh, let's kind of lay things out tonight. We got to talk to uh, – actually, wait, before we get to that. We, we got to discuss something this far is more important. Super important. Super important. Go ahead. What are we drinking tonight? I'm curious about what that's you're starting what with. What we're here's drinking? Is, uh, it's not just the sunshine here. That's yes. uh, that's uh, the optical <laughs> it's, it's, illusion. Yeah. His beer is actually much darker than what I've got in, in my I glass. I went here. with the Fest beer. It's the Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. It's September. It's Oktoberfest. It's fall beer time, and it's quite delightful. It's very smooth, go. very good stuff. I, and I've I've had this before. I love it. I highly recommend it, but yeah, I went with the Fest beer. You're more experienced with the uh, the, the the Stone Cloud uh, variety, which they have a lot of variety. Um, I'm, uh, I'm I'm fairly new. There's a couple of them that I was familiar with, and that was it. Uh, this is a new one for me. Uh, now, uh, 
Lagaritaville. Lager- I, oh. I, I almost forgot what I was drinking, I, and I haven't <laughs> even drank that much of it yet. So, who knows what's going to happen when we get down? It to might get here. crazy tonight. It might get really nuts. Um, but yeah, so uh, really enjoying this so far, uh, and I, I haven't found anything from Stone Cloud that I don't like yet yeah. to this point. So. I really haven't either. I'll be honest. I right. really have not either. This is such a great place to to have a good beer. Yeah. All right. Let's talk football. Uh, let's uh, real quick breakdown of, uh, of of last week. Obviously, we had our post game podcast. Um, technical issues aside, we covered a lot in that. Uh, but what's kind of the lasting effect, uh, lasting thought from the Central Michigan game for you? I keep going back to the defense right. and the the miscommunication yeah. issues that they had. They they chalked a lot of the second half issues up to communication, inexperienced players, and the communication wasn't necessarily between coaches to players it was more about execution and the players not being in the right spot or freezing and not getting to the right spot and thinking too hard about what they need to do and that led to issues but I think it's something that could be pretty I don't say it's easy to correct but it could be corrected and and made to something they could grow and learn from but I think that's what really stands out to me yeah and coaches say this enough that you assume it has to be mostly true the most progress is made between game one and game two. Mm-hmm. And especially having the extra couple of days going from a Thursday game to a Saturday game. I know talking to Derek Mason in post game, he was very excited about that opportunity, the uh, the chance to have a couple of extra days to really dive into uh, what went right, what went wrong against Central Michigan, and, uh, and, and get those things corrected. The thing that's still sticking out for me is the fast pace of this offense. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be – uh, a really good thing for the offense. It's going to be a little bit rough on the defense because they are going to be on the field yeah. a little bit more, defending a lot more possessions. They defended 16 possessions uh, on uh, last Thursday. And, uh, you know, they were in the neighborhood of about 12 a game last year that they were having to defend because the offense was slowing things down. Uh, they were uh, they were taking good care of the ball. It's going to be different with this team when they can score as fast as they can. Uh, there are going to be a lot of short possessions for the offense and a lot more time on the field for the defense. I think, um, you know, the defense is sort of playing catch up anyway in terms of, of where the offense is compared to where they are. Um, but I think that's going to uh, be a, an interesting dynamic to keep an eye on throughout the season is how much pressure the, uh, the, a really good offense and a really fast offense is putting on a defense that's still learning and, and growing. So it's uh, it's a good problem to have when you're off when you know your offense can score the way that they uh, that they look like they can um, but that said it's uh, it's, it's going to be interesting for how to see how the defense handles it I'm I think I'm most excited about this offense to be able to use the term warp speed <laughs> at will it's just it's a fun term I know it's, it's Star Trek but I like to say it and I like to write it so I'm gonna write warp speed a bunch so right. just be prepared oh, there you go now you know uh, so now every time you read one of his stories and you see warp speed, you can just have a little chuckle and think, yeah, yeah I knew that was coming. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's get back to the present here on, on Tuesday night out here at Stone Cloud. Uh, like I said, we just finished talking to a few players after practice. We got to visit with receivers Bryson Green and John Paul Richardson and defensive players Sean Michael Flanagan and Brendan Evers. Um, now, kind of a little bit behind the scenes, the last two years, okay, 2020 changed everything, obviously, with COVID. So postseason or post-game interviews, post-practice interviews were all done on Zoom. Yeah. We weren't in the presence of anyone. It was all one person talking at, at, at a time. Everybody, everybody heard all the same things. Yes. Last year, uh, we weren't on Zoom anymore, but it was a, a podium situation. One player at the podium at a time. We all heard all the same things. This year, we can actually share a little bit different uh, value with our, uh, with our listeners. 
because it's it's all four players talking at the same time to various groups of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, you and I, other than overlapping for a little bit of Sean Michael Flanagan talking about fishing, uh, didn't really spend a lot of time talking to the same people at all. I no. don't think so. Uh, we got a lot that we can uh, we can provide in terms of uh, of what folks had to say. Um, the, uh, the 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 most entertaining. Uh, part of it, an interview that I that I interacted with tonight was uh, John Paul Richardson talking about. There was one moment where he was in sort of I, I call it a wingback position here, uh, you know, offset where like where a tight end would be, but back in the backfield a step. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I don't know what the uh, the term is that the Oklahoma State coaches use for it, but that's what I call it. And uh, he's cowboy in that back position. wing position, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he was in that uh, that position and ended up having to pass block at one point, and um, he held he held his own pretty well. For a dude that that looks like he weighs about 150, yeah, he he says he's about 190, but eh, I don't know. Uh, okay, we'll see. sure. Um, but he held his okay. own pretty well for uh, for being put in that situation because that's not the type of position that a, a guy of his size gets put in against a mm-hmm. Division One defensive end. So um, that was uh, that was a lot of fun getting to listen to him talk about that. He says he doesn't expect to be in that position a lot. But it could happen from time to time, and uh, he says when he gets that chance, he's going to take advantage of, uh, <laughs> of of trying to lay out a, pl- a pancake if he can. So I, that's that's impressive because mm-hmm. he's a slot receiver he for is. a reason. Yes. and I just can't imagine him doing that all the time. But right, I mean, he he clearly wants to have some contact and have some fun, and yeah. for a guy like that, that's probably pretty fun. I don't know that we're going to see Brendan Presley doing it. No, no, but uh, John Paul Richardson, yeah, I could see. Yeah, uh, and talking to both receivers, Bryson Green and John Paul Richardson, they were both talking a lot or being asked a lot about the uh, the, the use of four wides, the fast pace that, that allowed this offense to play in, and uh, talking about the, the comfort level that they have going at that pace. Might not have been quite ready for it last year, uh, but now they've been uh, they've been working on it so firmly uh, over the uh, over the spring and uh, summer and then into August camp that. They're really excited about what they can do. Um, they talked about how fun it is to be in four wide and spread the field and um, know that they have a lot of things they can do in that situation. So um, that was the uh, that was the big takeaway from from talking to those guys. I know you visited with some with the two defensive players a little bit more. Yeah, I hung around Brendan Evers for a while. Um, he talked about just kind of the, they can't let that happen again. They can't let the forty four points happen again. They can't just do that. They got to get better. Um, but he liked what he saw too from the defensive line. Um, he talked about Colin Clay and his return, and you know Colin Clay is a guy that hadn't played since he'd arrived on campus, transferring from Arkansas. Got some significant time there, not a defensive tackle, and played pretty well. And he really liked what he saw to Colin. I did ask him about Warren. Uh, you know, Warren the Cowboy is is Colin's little brother, and uh, they do tease Colin about Warren and how Warren's a bigger star than Colin, and uh, which is you know. It's true. It's accurate. It's it's accurate. Um, accurate, but, as Mike Gundy would say. <laughs> but uh, Colin has a good attitude about it. Um, knowing Colin, I've known him since high school. Um, that does not surprise me. He loves his family. Um, he's real close to his family. You know, his dad is Big Rob, and he's a great big personality too. Literally a big guy. Um, big Rob is not inaccurate by any means. <laughs> um, love those guys. Um, so talked about that. Um, you know, he was, and Evers also excited about Tyler Lacey playing inside more, which I thought was interesting because Lacey is it, always been that edge guy, you know, on, always there lined up. He was hand down, but always a guy on the edge. And now he's moving inside and making a lot of havoc there, led to the safety there tonight. Um, and so I think that was, that was really big takeaways I had from Evers there. 
Sean Michael Flanagan was just fun. We never really talked to him much. He hasn't, you know, he's been a special teams guy. Got the start the other night um, with with Kendall Daniels coming in relief, and they split time. And Sean said basically like, "I'm good with whatever the role is. I'm playing. I'm happy." And that that's that's good to see a guy that's a fifth year senior that's waited that long to get his chance. Um, you know, he's he had a lot of fun talking to him about fishing too, which mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that conversation with him. Yep. I'm not a fisherman by any means. But I enjoy that conversation. We got to learn about where he's from in Arkansas, a really tiny town. Um, all he does is likes to do is fish. I think he hunts too, probably. But he fishes Braden Cassidy a lot. That was a lot of fun. I mean, literally, someone asked him, other than football and fishing, what's your favorite thing to do in Stillwater? And he had nothing. Yeah, he, he literally he froze. That's all he does. Yeah, he froze and got the deer in the headlight look, and I thought. Oh boy! Here we go. This guy and just so, fishes yeah. and plays football. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, what it a was, life! It was pretty evident. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like a great dude. Uh, it was fun talking to him about the the moment of the first start of his of his career because, like you said, fifth year senior. He's a guy that's, that's been on a lot of special teams. Been you know he was a guy that rotated in some last year in some six mm-hmm. DB situations. So it's not like um, you know this is this was first appearance on in Boonpicking Stadium or anything like that. But he talked about the emotions being overwhelming in that in that first moment, and uh, uh, you know, finally when uh, when he got to, got out there and made some contact and uh, kind of settled in that it was uh, that it was for real and, and it was real football, and he was ready for it. Uh, you know, he was able to calm down and, and really enjoy the moment. So, uh, a lot of fun talking to him. He was uh, yeah. We we haven't got to talk to him really extensively at all no. throughout his career. I so talked to him in the nice. spring game a little bit afterwards. Um, he's just very reserved, very calm right. when he talks. It's it's interesting. I just. It's a very small town feel, you know. I like it. I liked his mustache. He has a good mustache. It was a nice. It was a really nice yeah, mustache. I can never pull that off. Not uh, not real huge, not real thick, but yeah. uh, but very consistent. Yeah, I liked that. That was that was a good good move. It was solid. So, it was and solid. shout out to uh, Jason Taylor too on uh, telling me <laughs> with the assist with the assist on the fishing. He said, "Hey, ask him about fishing." So yeah. A lot of guys uh, that walked by as we were talking to John Paul Richardson. Really, we're having some fun with him, uh, giving him a lot of trouble. Uh, Kendall Daniels, uh, JT, uh, guys like that were uh, really looking for the opportunity to uh, to mess with him as he was getting that's, interviewed by a variety of folks. That's Jason Taylor for you. He li- he likes to mess with people. Remember last year when he showed up as a security guard for Jim Knowles <laughs> with Colby Harvell Peel right. in post game? Yeah, that was the best. That's still one of my favorite moments oh, in yeah. a post game setting. Is they literally just stood there, right, and looked like they were guarding the Queen's Palace, right? Yeah, like it just. It was incredible. It was great. It was it, it was really funny because we weren't supposed to talk to either of them. I don't think, if I remember right, or maybe we were supposed to talk to one of them, but not both. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. and then and then Colby stood up there as the, the security guard for Jason, right? Because yeah. Colby wasn't someone we were supposed to talk to. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. that was a blast. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, let's go back to Monday. Um, anything that really jumped out at you? Uh, let's for now stick to OSU football only because there's some other interesting <laughs> yeah. stuff out of the Mike Gundy press conference. Uh, but anything that, that really stuck, it, it didn't feel like there was a lot of big reveals from no, the, the, I the think, Gundy press No, I think conference. Gundy's still concerned about the running backs and not necessarily the running backs, more the run blocking. Um, he talked about he wasn't happy with the run blocking. And I asked him, did you, did you learn what you hope to learn about your running backs? And he basically said no in a long way around it, but basically said no. Um, the run blocking wasn't good. They didn't get. They only had what 17 carries, I think, between the running backs. It wasn't enough to really judge that group yet. But I think we're going to learn more this week. Yeah, I think so. I would agree with that. Um, for those of you who are curious about injury updates or uh, absence updates, in the in the case of DeAndre Jackson, uh, he remains out at this time because of the transcript issue. Um, 
Um, I just assume he like forgot to pay a parking ticket or something. I don't know why they're <laughs> yeah. not releasing his transcript, uh, but uh, uh, that's uh, purely speculation on my part because yeah. that that's that's why that's the problem I had. So uh, <laughs> parking tickets were just, always the worst. Just speaking from experience, um, Jaden Bray still dealing with that thumb injury. Uh, Gutty said he does expect him back at some point this season. Didn't really give any details in terms of the timeline of when that might happen. Um, I think he didn't actually get asked about Blaine Green, uh, but I would assume that's probably the same uh, mm-hmm. same scenario. Uh, though, based on on what's uh, kind of rumbling around out there, it sounds like Blaine Green's injury might be a little bit more long term than what Jaden Bray is dealing with. So we will uh, we'll see how that goes this week in terms of guys who are available, guys who aren't. Um, but uh, um, you know that's compared to where they were at this time a year ago. It's not a uh, uh, not a horrible situation mm-hmm. injury wise. Obviously, you want those guys healthy and back, but um, not it's not near as bad as what they were dealing with. When Langston Anderson's done <laughs> after warm ups of the pre uh, in pregame of the yeah. of the first game, Braden Johnson's done after one game. Um, you know they're not facing that type of dire situation just yet. That reminded me that Gundy Mike Gundy literally said yesterday that he was just happy that Langston Anderson made it to the game. <laughs> yeah, and it. And he was serious. It wasn't a joke. He was being serious, which, I mean, yeah. You've got to be happy he made it through the game. Yeah. Um, he got in there and he played, and it was good to see. It was. It, it was uh, between he and Braden Johnson. Yeah. Really excited. Obviously, Johnson's having a bigger impact so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really excited to see both of those guys back on the field because they've uh, they've endured a lot to get to this point. So you uh, you want to see those guys have some success. Uh, other takeaways from Gundy. Obviously, the most interesting thing I thought was his uh, his opinion on the the expanded playoff. Yeah, not, not a fan. He's not a fan, and I'm not entirely clear why. Yeah, no. It, 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 he said it's the money, and he said basically he's afraid that regular season games are going to lose meaning. He, he compared it to basketball and baseball, where nothing really matters in his eyes until you get to the regional tournament in baseball or the NCAA tournament in basketball. And, like, I, I see that argument, but I also – you've got to be able to get to those tournaments, right? right? So, yeah. that I think that's kind of – I don't know. I, I get it. You can – yeah, he said you lose 15 games in baseball. Everyone loses 15 games in baseball. Like, everyone loses games in basketball. Football, you have such a limited amount of games. Mm-hmm. You still got to win them all, and I think you still got to win them all in this situation. So, I didn't quite agree with that. I think this is great, but I, I – so I'm still struggling to see where he's coming from a little bit. Well, um, and, and I think with the uh, the system that they're putting in place where the six highest-ranked conference champions get in and then six at large, uh, particularly the conference champions, uh, that keeps something on the line. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get to November and have four teams alive for a conference championship, yeah. and that, I think, heightens the value of those, of those uh, regular season games, whereas um, – you know, it could be a lot, a lot different if you're, um, you know, if if that conference is okay. Maybe they're only going to be the, the 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 team that wins the conference might only be number ten in the rankings. They're long long out of a four team playoff, but they're still in the mix yeah. for uh, for for the twelve team. So, I think I think it's going to have a lot of value. I'm I'm excited for it. And so. and I I think I don't know that he's quite grasping. This is going to benefit OSU. Right. They would have been in the playoff multiple times. Right. At this point in the last eight years mm-hmm. and so you know last year they would have definitely been in the playoff yeah and so i think and they had you had to like their chances to make a run last year with this team so i think i think when the dust settles i think it's going to be good and i think maybe mike will come around a little bit but who knows i mean i, I just 
I, I'm struggling to see his point on this, I think. Yeah. Uh, eight times over the previous 17 years under Mike Gundy that they would have either been in the top 12 or been ranked in the top 12 in mid-November or later. So that's a, that's a real serious situation of uh, you know, being in, in the mix and, and having some high-stakes games. Yeah. So it's uh, fun stuff. Um, on the topic of fun, the best, uh, the best thing to come out of Mike Gunning's press conference was his explanation of <laughs> why they reviewed yes. the, uh, the uh, interception, quote-unquote, by Spencer Sanders when there had already been an offsides flag thrown. Um, uh, that was your question. I appreciate you <laughs> asking it because that was uh, the most entertaining moment of the day. I, I got nervous in a way because I started saying, this might be random, Mike, and I thought, he's going to blast me on this because like, I'm already saying it's random. But – it was like it was the most random thing I've seen all night and yeah. in a long time because it's literally a play that yeah it, so what there's interception it doesn't matter there's an offside penalty that OSU accepted and so Gun I said Gundy Mike what was that what was that explanation what was you know, was that ever explained he said they just wanted to try out their equipment <laughs> and he was joking I think <laughs> <laughs> and so to try out the equipment like I mean and because he said he asked the 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 line judge next to him. Hey, what are they reviewing here? And he said, said, "No, is this a reviewable play?" And he said, "No." Then what are they reviewing here? I have no idea. No idea. So, like, what was the point? What were they doing? Apparently, they wanted to establish that the the defender caught the ball in bounds. Who cares? Apparently. Yeah, it doesn't matter it, it, at that point. And it was obvious he no caught sense. it in bounds. So it's it was the craziest thing. Gundy's answer is great because he just kind of shrugged and was like, I have no idea. I have no power over this, but it was the weirdest thing. Yeah, so. it absolutely was. Uh, looking ahead to uh, to this week, Arizona State coming in, uh, part of a home-and-home uh, home series where the Cowboys go out to Tempe, Arizona next year, uh, a trip that I'm looking forward to, and hopefully you'll get to uh, enjoy as well. I hope so. I like um, Arizona. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, but, uh, but as for this week, it's, it's really hard – to know what to think about Arizona State. Yeah. Such a chaotic offseason with, with transfer portal craziness. Uh, they got a, obviously a talented quarterback in Emory Jones, but it's hard to know exactly how good he is at this point. Um, you know, you look at last week's score and you think, is are, are they better than we thought, or is Northern Arizona just not any good? Mm-hmm. It's just uh, it's really hard to know what to expect with this team. And, um um, you know, we talked a lot yesterday with Gundy about all the NFL influence that they have, and um, I understand that. But uh, but obviously something's not clicking for for all the experience and knowledge that they have on that coaching staff to be this deep and, and still be kind of a mess as a program. Yeah, it's what, year five for Herm Edwards? Yes, like, I mean, this guy knows how to coach. Right. And like I said he's got coaches around him. It's just, it's just a mess, and I don't know – I can't pinpoint. I look at numbers. I look at things, and I thought I don't. I don't know what to think of this team. The run game was improved last week. Their defense was pretty good last year, I thought. And mm-hmm. then it's how to a good start now. Um, I, but I really think, you know, as Mike Gundy said on Monday, they're going to know where they are. They stand after this game, and I think that's good. Yeah, I think that's what really you look for at Arizona State. You know, unless you open up what is a twelve point favorite, mm-hmm. um, seems about right, I guess. But you know, I think. They're going to get pushed a little bit more on this. They're going to have better athletes against them. They're going to have some NFL schemes right. in some shape or form against them. Um, Emory Jones is, can move. It's mm-hmm. going to be the, a mobile quarterback that they haven't really had to deal with yet. Um, you know, and a defense that's not going to just get 
pushed over by the tempo all the time. So I think right. I think it's going to be a good test. I just I'm with you. I don't I don't know what to make of that team yet. I just no. I don't I don't, I don't know the offensive line can hold up against OSU's defensive line. Right. I don't expect it to necessarily, but um, I didn't expect Central Michigan to come out with just allowing two sacks either. So I don't know. Right. You know, and and I don't know I don't know that Arizona State can can necessarily mimic what mm-hmm. Central Michigan did in terms of getting the ball out so quick. I mean, they can obviously try. I don't know that, that Emory Jones is necessarily built that way, though. Uh, so I think that'll be a little bit of a challenge if they try to go that route uh, as opposed to running what they uh, what they usually run. Uh, this was an interesting part of, uh, of the conversation with John Paul Richardson. Um, he said, basically, if you, if you analyzed all their games last year, they ran man defense in the secondary 75% of the time. He said, against Northern Arizona, it was almost 90% zone. So wow. a complete change in wow. terms of uh, of what they were doing on the back end, and uh, kind of left um, as far as JP Richardson a little bit confused, knowing what to expect. So that could be uh, an interesting dynamic to watch and see what they're doing, how they're disguising that coverage, uh, what that does for Spencer Sanders in terms of understanding where to go with the ball. So how that, do you how do you prepare for that? That's got to be very difficult. I mean, if you're Casey Dunn, you're looking at it going, well, crap. Last year they did all this man, and now all of a sudden, what do we do with this? Right. Well, and you, and you, you think with a game like this, your analysts have probably been working on mm-hmm. information, gathering it all, all well, not all off season, but during the off season to be ready for this. And all of a sudden, this new game comes in, all this new evidence of this current team, and is completely different than everything you've been studying for for possibly weeks. Um, you know, I mean, obviously they haven't been implementing with the team but but still mm-hmm. it's stuff that they've been game planning for and preparing for and it's completely different all of a sudden it's just bizarre is there a chance it's a cat and mouse game oh absolutely you know sure i mean the first game sometimes these in these games like that northern arizona may not be very good mm-hmm. so they don't show much and they show something totally different than what they may do right later on and so maybe there is gonna be a bunch of man coverage but yep. either way i think that i think spencer sanders is advanced enough and talented enough and on a roll right now right. that I think you could throw the, either one at him, and I think he can adjust pretty quick. Yeah, I agree. Um, going back to, to Sanders really quick, this, uh, mm-hmm. this just occurred to me, but how close was his performance, do you think, his Central Michigan performance, to what we're going to see from him all season? Is that – I'm not saying he goes out and throws for 400 <laughs> yards every game, but – that type of consistency, that type of speed, is that the Spencer Sanders of 2022? I think it is. I feel that way too. I, I, I felt before the other day, before last week's game, that he was going to have a big year anyways. And then he came out and looked like, I'm not going to say he's a Heisman contender, but he looked really good. Yeah, he did. And I think that carries over. I think it's a carryover from the way he finished last season. Um the way he played most of the season, to be honest, he's just grown so much, and I think, I think this is the Spencer that we that that we see moving forward. the The interesting thing with him is going to be what did the dips look like, because that was that was the big issue last year. Um, you know, three picks against Baylor in October, four picks against Baylor in the Big Twelve Championship game in December. In between, really good, really consistent, uh, not a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, what do the dips look like this season? Mm-hmm. What is what does the bottom look like? And when does it happen? Because that determines, obviously, you know what, what uh, you know what games they're in and what games they're not. So, um, very, uh, 
very intrigued by what this season could look like for Spencer Sanders. All right, before we uh, jump into our predictions, anything else that uh, that you wanted to get to? You know, I think we've got to give a shout-out to Tom Hutton. Again. I'm all for that. Mike Gundy gave him another shout-out yesterday, too. He did. Called, called out the punting again. So your boy Tom Hutton, this is the Tom Hutton second right here. We get to, <laughs> He gets five seconds. It's the Tom Hutton moment. Go. Five seconds for for every muffed punt. So, like, oh, yeah. so like as, as, yeah. as, as he gets more, I get, I get extra yeah. time. Yeah. All right. Listen, what this guy is doing at directionally punting is incredible. Was that about five seconds? I think so. We'll say say it's good. All right. I'm impressed. Uh, All right. Let's uh, let's jump into our predictions and and wrap it up here from from Stone Cloud. Again, 917 South Husband here in Stillwater. We're going to be here on Tuesday evenings, so please come by and hang out with us in the future. We're looking forward to it. All right. Top of the list, who is the leading tackler this week for Oklahoma State? against Arizona State. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. You gave me these topics the other day, and I didn't think much of it the rest <laughs> of the time. So That's the level of preparation is, yes, we have for this you is here how I prepare. on the Cowboy Chronicles. This is, uh, this is elite preparation <laughs> on my part. I'm going to go with Jason Taylor. Jason Taylor, that's a solid one. Because I thought he was going to do it the other day, mm-hmm. and then he slowed down a little bit. So I'm going with Jason Taylor. Yeah, he got off to a really hot yeah. start in the tackle department. Yeah. And I think they tried to get him some rest, and they had to put him back in. So I yeah. think it was, you know, so I think I think him because Mason Cobb's interesting. I don't know that Kendall Daniels is going to keep leading the team in tackles. Right. Um, but I think the way Jason Taylor was all over the place the other day, I was really impressed. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm with you there. I'm going with someone who uh, who I think has a big time bounce back game. Not that he was horrible in the opener, but I'm going with Xavier Benson. Uh, I think that um, you know he had he had his moments. He had a few difficulties here and there. I think that he uh, solidifies some of that mm-hmm. stuff and and has a much better performance. I think Xavier Benson leads this team in tackles against Arizona. That's State. a good one. That's a good one. All right, the running back situation we've talked about. Very uh, very confused about what exactly that's going to look like going forward. Um, but the one thing we know is that Dominic Richardson is the lead guy. He yes. is the feature back of this offense. That said, he had nine carries last week, and uh, about four of those came in the uh, late in the second half when they were just trying to get the game over with. So my question is, I, I think we both agree they're going to run the ball more this week. My question is, over or under 13.5 carries for Dominic Richardson this week? Man. Again, I prepared for this. <laughs> I'm going to pass this test. I'm going to say under. I'm going to say he's going to be right at 12. All right. All right, I, just, I like that. I think they're going to spread it out still, and Spencer's going to run the ball too. Yeah, so I definitely think you're going to see Spencer running the ball a decent amount again. He had uh, eight carries, uh, if I remember yeah, right. I think right that, that sounds right. right. In that neighborhood. So, um, I definitely think you're going to see that again. But I think that they try to pump the ball mm-hmm. to Richardson early a little bit more, and uh, I think you're going to see him go over the 13 and a half number. I uh, originally when I uh, made this list. I went 15 and a half, and I was Ooh, like, Ooh, I'm not touching I'd that. I'd take the under on yeah, that for sure. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'll go over 13 and a half, however. All right. Next on the list, uh, you mentioned Kendall Daniels had 11 tackles last week. Had his first interception, the first interception of the season. So, who is the next Cowboy with an interception? The next Cowboy with an interception. I'm going to go with – here's a crazy one for you. Trace Ford. Ooh, wow. Remember he had an interception really in his last year last season he full you know full season. That's right. I think he's gonna drop back again and full the quarterback. Why All not? Right. All right. Um 
Uh, sticking with my theme from earlier, I'm actually going with Xavier Benson on this. Okay. He's, he's a guy a, He's going to have a big game in your it, mind. Uh, yes, in my mind. It, it's, <laughs> it appears that way. Um, but he's a guy that I think is going to end up in coverage a little bit more because I think uh, I think pe- teams are going to try to uh, um, uh, try to target him that way, and I, I think he's going to come up with the pick. Um, you know, they, they end up in man coverage so much, particularly at the corners, um, that it's really tough for those guys to get picked. Same with Thomas Harper uh, being in a lot of man. Um, so I think I think the top candidates are Jason Taylor and yeah. either Sean Michael Flanagan or Kendall Daniels at that yeah. other spot. But got a weird feeling about Xavier Benson this week. Yeah. Can't explain I, it. I have no feeling whatsoever, so I just threw Trace <laughs> out there. It just seems fun. Yeah, Let the big guy get, get a big play. Absolutely is. All right, so before we uh, before we wrap it up here at uh, at Stone Cloud, uh, once again, uh, wrap up everything. Uh, subscribe to our newsletter at Oklahoma.com. Yes. We appreciate you for that. Thank you for uh, for for joining us on here. But uh, now, okay, to, to preface our, our final question, we uh, after the game uh, on Thursday night, heading out of town, stop at the on queue uh, like we often do. Yes, um, they they would have been if we had a sponsor last year. It would have been the on queue because <laughs> for the mobile uh, podcast, it's perfect <laughs> from the mobile podcast studio. Um, it would have been on queue. Uh, but um, as we're going in. Uh, Barry Trammell is discussing chips. I guess this is actually after we left. But anyway, yeah. um, discussing chips. He got chili cheese Fritos. It's a pretty good and, choice. And and uh, we discussed the popularity of original Cheetos or, uh, or original Fritos. I'm sorry. Did I say Cheetos? Yeah, he said Cheetos, but it's Fritos. Yeah, Fritos. Yes. Chili cheese Fritos. And uh, and he's not a fan of original Fritos. So it brought to my mind top chips. As a, as a yeah. snack item, as a side item, whatever it might be, uh, I want top, I want your top three. Okay. Uh, to be fair, I, I my list is at six right now. Oh uh, man, we're gonna, we're gonna have to narrow this down. Yeah, on the fly. yeah. Are we gonna go back and forth? I think yeah, we should we'll go, go back we'll and forth. Count up. Yeah, three, I th- three I, up to one. No, I think we just go one, two. Start yeah, one. Yeah, and then yeah. Go down? Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Good. That's good because I at least know what number one is. <laughs> uh, number one. Number, am I starting? Yeah, you go first. Right. You, you number one. You knocked yourself out. Number one. My entire life, uh, as soon as I was introduced to them. Sour cream and onion lace. Oh, those are Number good. Number one, off the charts. They were on my list. I got to mark mm-hmm. that off my list. Ooh, those are good. Yeah, those are real good. So, right, number what's, one, so what's number one on your Number list? one for me, just a nacho cheese Dorito, man. Just the Doritos. They're my road trip snack. They're my go-to. If there's a Dorito, it doesn't matter if I'm on a diet or whatever. I'm eating Doritos, and I love them. So that's always been my go-to, nacho cheese Doritos. So next time we're traveling somewhere and you tell me that you're on a diet, I need to hide all the Doritos is what you're telling me. <laughs> They're going to be gone. Yeah. All right. I've literally, on a road trip with Ashley before, she was asleep and the bag of Doritos was behind my seat while I was driving, <laughs> somehow reached around to grab them and eat them. And she woke up and I had them beside me closed. And she said, how did you get those? I said, don't ask questions. You don't want to know the answer <laughs> no, to. No, no, no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I might have put your life in danger for these Doritos. <laughs> yes. Just deal with it. Uh, okay. Uh, number two, a uh, little bit plain, but uh, I'm that's kind of that's kind of describes me. So uh, original ruffles, original ruffles, those are good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Okay. Does that take off wavy lace? No. 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 Okay. No. Okay. No. Just, di- just, di- just very, curious. very different kind oh, of chip. Oh, very different. Very different okay. Kind of Perfect. It is, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with the barbecue lay. Oh, that's strong. I love a barbecue that's lay. Strong. When I get them and stuff. Oh. Hello. <laughs> that was not, not us. That was not. It wasn't our fault. I promise. <laughs> so that's two. All right. That's that, two. Very, uh, 
Very solid. Now I got I got like four other options that I got to figure out where where to go. Yeah, I'm actually um, I'm regretting my decision on barbecue lays. <laughs> um, I'm I'm not going to say uh, cheddar and sour cream ruffles. Oh yeah. I'm I'm not going to say original Pringles, which oh those are fan. good too. Oh, I love Man, Pringles. This is a hard uh, list. And I'm not going to say I'm not going to say original Fritos either. Oh, okay. They, they were right there. This is what started That's it. That's what started the whole thing. All right, all I right. assumed they would have been in my top three when I started this. Yeah. They're not going to yeah, make yeah. it. Uh, I'm going with Crunchy Cheetos. Oh, those are good. Mm-hmm. Those are good. That's hard. You know what I really like about Cheetos, too? The baked Cheetos Ooh, yeah. are just as good as the crunchy ones. Uh, of, of the entire baked line. Yeah, that's, that's the, best. the best. Off they, the charts. They, the they don't taste any different. No. They don't have a different texture. They're just baked, and they're so good. So mm-hmm. I, that's that's a double whammy right there. That's a good one. That's strong. So I think my final chip, I wanted to go with the regular Lay's potato chip. Mm-hmm. I love a regular Lay's potato chip. I've actually been to them a lot. They've been buying too many of them probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go with the tortilla chip. Ooh. Because. Do we have a, we have a brand? I'm a Tostitos one? guy okay. mostly. Okay. But I like the on the border brand too. Mm-hmm. But Tostitos. And I like the, the mini rounds usually is what I usually do. Yeah, that's a good that's a good play right there. But. That's such a versatile chip. Mm-hmm. You can make nachos out of oh, it. Oh, absolutely. You could dip it in salsa. You could mm-hmm. dip it in guacamole. You could Just dip it in queso. Plain. Eat them plain. Yeah. They're fantastic plain. Mm-hmm. So the tortilla chip. And I feel like I've got a really good steal here at the, at the three. It but is. the tortilla chip is so versatile. That's pretty good. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out a, a name. Julio's. Oh, uh, yeah. At, uh, I always get them at, at the on-cue by my house. I, yeah. I'm not sure where else they Those sell Those are good. Them, but... Uh, it's a, a, a very well-designed and, and, and flavorful chip. And also, when you go to a Mexican restaurant and they make their own chips, mm-hmm. man, those are off the charts. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Tortilla chip. That's solid. I'll, uh, I'll accept it. All right. Uh, with that, um, do we even need to do most important thing I forgot? I feel like that's more a post-game podcast thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. stick, we'll stick yeah. to that, to the post-game podcast. All right. So, with that, we'll wrap it up. Uh, again, every Tuesday, we're going to be here at Stone Cloud. Come join us. Subscribe to the newsletter. We appreciate everybody for uh, for checking this out, whether you're on YouTube or the uh, the podcast channel. We appreciate Addison for putting it together for us and all the hard work that's going on behind the scenes. So thank you for listening to the Cowboy Chronicles. <laughs>